Hola friends, welcome to Recap Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining me today. So last week was hard as we as a nation experienced yet another senseless act of violence, a mass shooting, a crime that deals with so many intersections. White supremacy and racism and Christian nationalism and purity culture and misogyny and sexism. And as we know, those targeted are primarily, yet again, our elders from the Asian American community. I want to start by taking a moment to honor them. Soon Chung Park, age 74. Hyun Jung Grant, age 51. Soon Cha Kim, age 69. Yang A. Yu, age 63. Delena Ashley Wan, age 33. Paul Andre Mitchells, age 54. Xiao Jie Tan, age 49, and Dao Ya Fang, age 44. This tragedy, I think, fits in line with the conversation Tiffany and I had last week due to the murder's alleged religiosity. As I'm sure many of you heard by now, the murderer was a committed member of his Southern Baptist Church, which I believe his father was a pastor or a preacher of. And the murderer claimed to be, quote, eliminating temptation due to his sex addiction. Like I mentioned, there's so much at play here, so many intersections, including, and I believe is important to note, the hypersexualization and fetishization of Asian women. This is nothing new. As my friend Irene Cho pointed out in a piece she wrote for the Salt Collective recently, we see in white supremacy the perpetual othering Asian women and they're being fantasized and exotified. We see in white supremacy, Irene says, the belief that Asian women are subservient and obedient to do their bidding, to be controlled. And I agree with Irene. White supremacy sees the other, in this case Asian women, and in other cases Black women, Latina women, and Native women as exotic objects to be fantasized about in their hypersexualization. This goes all the way back to the colonial period when white Europeans first gazed upon the naked indigenous body. Whether it was native Latin American or African or Native American peoples. Actually, if you read Christopher Columbus's journals about his first expedition, this is something he mentions. He talks about how the women go about naked and shameless, how they are handsome and their breasts are bare. Now, there is more that I can say about this, uh, namely the hypersexualization and the way that native and uh, non-white bodies were exotified. And I actually do in a chapter of Abuelita Faith titled A Divine Baile, which you'll get to read very soon. But for now, I'll stick to this case um, specifically as intertwined in all of what I just mentioned Due to the murder's alleged deep religiosity is a theology that claims that women, particularly non-white women, are to bear the burden of lust when it comes to men. This has everything to do with gender roles, how women are labeled a temptation simply for existing, how it's a woman's fault for a man's stumbling. And these are all things Tiffany and I spoke about. In regard to sexual assault, Tiffany brought up David and how he faced consequences for his actions toward Bathsheba, something that we don't talk enough about. And something else in his story that we don't mention enough is about Nathan 
and how Nathan was a sort of ally. How he called David out and made him deal with his sin. Tiffany also mentions different Bible verses that have been misused and others that have been overlooked, like Mark 7. I mentioned that within purity culture or white evangelical theology, women often bear the burden of lust. It's clear in this recent mass murder that the temptation that must be eliminated were the women, the victims. In much of white evangelical culture, it's women who are the problem, right? Our breasts are too big or our hips are too wide. Things, of course, we cannot control. We are told to cover up lest our brothers stumble because, of course, boys are just boys and boys will be boys and they just cannot handle their sexual urges. The burden of their lack of control has been placed on women, even and especially little girls. If a man loses control and rapes a woman or is inappropriate toward a girl, well, the first question often asked is, what did she do to deserve it? What was she wearing, etc. I wonder what a different world we'd live in if men, particularly Christian men, were taught that a woman's body is more than just a cause to stumble. That breasts aren't just things created to turn men on, but sacred parts of the body that feed and give life. I think that in Christian circles, men have been given such a shallow, inadequate, inappropriate view of women's bodies, seen as one-dimensional, only as temptation or means for reproduction, and because of the low view that women have in these circles in general, not given spaces to lead and to flourish, well then it's easy for them to be the ones at fault, because men are the leaders, the ones in charge. Those that, while it's not stated this way, are believed to be and treated as more important. But as the Bible points out, if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away, it's better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. The Bible doesn't say if a woman causes you to stumble, then get rid of that temptation or get rid of her or blame her. It says your eye, you, yourself, if your own eye, your own self causes you to stumble, then walk away, rip it out, deal with it yourself. The Bible is clear on this, folks. (laughs) Tiffany also points out Mark 7 in regard to this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. A woman does not defile a man. A man is defiled by what comes out of his heart. Whew, don't you just love the Bible? So much wisdom. And lastly, as Tiffany points out in her book and in our conversation, all this that I've mentioned is entangled in power dynamics as power and control is the source of sexual perversion and sexual assaults. Y'all, it's often all about power. And power structures in our society also have everything to do with white supremacy. In our country, white people, and yes, typically white men, have historically held the power in institutions and churches and politics and the academy and all markets, including housing and businesses and, well, you name it. So friends, being a gospel-driven and gospel-centered and Jesus-loving and following human being means we must work to dismantle these unequal power structures so that men are held accountable, particularly Christian men, as I believe this is part of what Jesus meant when he talked about an on earth as it is in heaven reality. 
I also want to encourage you to listen to my episode with Bianca Mabute Louis as we engage anti-Asian racism specifically. Anyway, thank you for joining me. We'll chat next week.